Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends, spending time with our wonderful Lord. We're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, looking at verses 10, 11, and 12. Remember, our friends from Thessalonica are contagious. We contagious faith, contagious love, contagious hope. The more real we are, the more contagious we become. The question for today is, what is the best way to gain respect from unbelievers? You know, gaining respect in a disrespectful world is an art. Most people will not trust someone that they don't respect. As Christians working in the midst of an unbelieving world, we want to do all we can to make the gospel attractive and difficult to reject. It is a fact that people remember what we are long after they forget what we say. If we give them even one excuse to disbelieve the truth of the gospel, we have failed in loving them the way we should. Jesus illustrated it with salt and light to say the same thing. Salt makes you thirsty and light attracts your attention. So how can we be saltier saints and brighter lights? Meditate on this paraphrase of Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Ready? Hey, Christian, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it is no longer salty and it's lost its flavor? Is there any way you can make it salty again? You also are the light of the world. Like a hugely lit city on the top of a mountain, there's no way that it can be hidden. No one turns on a light and then hides it under a bucket, a basket, or in a closet. Instead, the light is placed on a light stand where it gives light to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your hard work and good deeds shine out for all to see. Then everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Okay, Paul offers kind of a five-step plan to live life in a way that gains respect from both believers and unbelievers. Lord, increase my affection for others. Lord, decrease my irritation with others. All right, when we say, Lord, increase my affection for others, how do you know for sure that your cup is full? Answer, when it spills over. How do we know when we're increasing in our love for God and others? God's love for us spills over on others. First John 4.18 reminds us that there's no fear in love, but perfect, mature love casts out fear. Just as confident as we are in God's perfect, forgiving, understanding love for us, both friend and foe needs to be confident in our love for them. Only God can put that kind of love into our hearts. We cannot pretend to love others. Now, we also pray that the Lord help decrease my irritation with others. No one wants to be irritating. Very few maliciously attempt to annoy people to the point of turning them away from the gospel message. Bible commentators uh, Hendrickson and Kistemacher remind us that many of our church families still include busybodies, fanatics, and loafers. Overzealous immaturity often speaks before it thinks, speaks more loudly than it should, and speaks when it should remain quiet. Solomon wisely reminds us, quote, Be not rash with your mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore, let your words be few. We need to stop and think before we start to speak. If there is something in our lives that discredits the gospel or makes people question our walk with God, we need to refocus. How can we decrease irritation? Number one, aspire to live a quiet life. The word Paul uses for study is also translated labor and strife. It is a purposeful, diligent, volitional ambition. Paul knew something about some of the Thessalonians that is not clearly expressed to us. Since he asked them to aspire to live a calm and quiet life, there was something about their lives that negatively impacted the lives of those they were trying to reach with the gospel. 
Quiet confrontation uses questions rather than accusations. Someone has wisely said that while accusations harden the will, questions stir the conscience. Number two, mind your own affairs or mind your own business. As harsh as this sounds, this is not the first time Paul had to deal with busybodies. In 1 Timothy 5.13, Paul confronted idle gossipers who went from house to house gossiping about things they had no reason to talk about. In Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, he had to remind this annoying group of idle busybodies to get back to work. Paul made this confrontation personal. Let me illustrate. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more and that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we have commanded you, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing. Get it? Okay, number three, work with your own hands. Hard work was not part of the curse. It was part of God's perfect Eden. There's joy in working hard and accomplishing what God assigns us to do. Don't buy into the entitlement philosophy that you are owed something. Learn to be dependent on God and independent of others. Refuse to be lazy. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So, what is the best way to gain respect from unbelievers and make the gospel look good? Be loving and work hard. Hey, our time's up for today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. If you want more information on Bible study and meditations or the wilds of New England or the wilds of North Carolina, simply go to randhumble.com. But this is a day the Lord made. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad in it. And I hope today you have a good day.